Hello and welcome to the Fuel and Thrive podcast. I'm Meg, also known as Fit Foodie Feed on Instagram, and I'll be bringing you weekly discussions about all things health and fitness. My goal is to equip you with the knowledge and the confidence to make empowered decisions so that you can achieve the results that you've always wanted whilst living a happy life. So without further ado, here is today's episode. Right, I hope you have all had a nice weekend. Um, as I said, I'm going to try not to have a cough of it. I actually had, um, I just did a workout yesterday that really, you know, got to my lungs. And I don't have a cough, but um, just keep coughing in a minute, which is not ideal. But um, yeah, hopefully it will um, subside for 20 minutes now. So I'm going to answer three questions today. Nice to have some questions. Um, so the first one is going to be about how to weigh chicken uh, on a Sunday roast. Uh, and, and how to track it basically second question is about recommended reps so just a couple of question a couple of quick questions first of all to cover and then um, I'm going to do a little bit of a more waffly answer to a question so tips on surviving Easter when I love chocolate and I feel you on that one so yeah I can definitely give a few tips and tricks and ideas and stuff for that um so first question how do I weigh my portion of chicken on a Sunday roast so it's a whole chicken um, I can only weigh it when cooked, I think, and I would agree, yeah, I would say to weigh it when cooked. It's just the easiest thing to do, you know, otherwise it's, yeah, it's just not really possible. Um, <clears throat> and it's fine to to log it when cooked, you just want to make sure that you are logging the cooked weight of chicken. So I would just say the easiest thing to do is to um, just go onto MyFitnessPal and just pick what is, whatever is the average for like uh, a chicken breast that is cooked. So just type in chicken breast cooked. And whatever is kind of the average, um, go for that. If you're having the mo like majority chicken breast, obviously you might be having more of like a chicken leg, thigh, wing. Um, so just adjust it because the calories and macros do um, vary slightly. <clears throat> Sorry, they do vary slightly depending on what part of the chicken you eat. So um, I did just kind of find out roughly what 100 grams is of each part. So 100 grams of chicken breast when cooked is 165 calories and 31 grams of protein. So um, quite a high protein content there and quite a low fat content. It's 3.6 grams of fat per 100 grams serving. Um, so 80% of the calories come from protein and 20% from fat. Whereas chicken thigh, um, the calories are slightly higher, not too bad. Like, I mean, not not that it's bad to be higher calories. Sorry, I will need to stop saying things like that. Um, yeah, 179, so 108, basically 15 calories more per 100 grams. And you're probably only going to have 100 to 150 grams of chicken anyway. So, um, yeah, it's going to be maybe an extra 30 calories, if that. Um, and 25 grams of that comes from protein versus 31 from chicken breast. So the, the percentage of fat is higher, basically. So there's 8.2 grams of fat in a 100 gram serving of chicken thigh. So, yeah, the it's kind of like 55% from protein 45% from fat so it's it's slightly higher fat content in um chicken thighs chicken wings are um higher calories per 100 grams again um they're 203 calories per 100 grams so chicken wings are going to be um more fatty um 64% of the calories come from protein and 36% from fat so it must just be that there's some from carbohydrates as well because um the calories overall are higher so um yeah slightly lower protein content although the protein content is pretty good actually for the number of calories not too bad um and then chicken drumsticks chicken legs whatever you want to call it um calories are pretty low on that actually um but the protein is slightly lower than chicken breast as well um so it's a little bit more fatty as well so chicken breast is going to be the most protein for the number of calories um 
followed by like chicken legs, chicken thighs and chicken wings. So um, yeah, just kind of pick the part that you have had and weigh it out as you put it onto your plate, I would say. That's probably the easiest way to do it if you do want to be really um, particular. And I really, I do appreciate you being particular and I think it's important to, it, it's not the, tracking is not the be all and end all. I've said this so many times, like it's really not, um, it can never be that like 100% accurate anyway because the um, there's like a 20% error margin in food products so the people that produce food packages and stuff like that like they can have a margin of error so the calories are never going to be like exact um say within like a restaurant and stuff like you're never going to know exactly how it's cooked and exactly what products are made and you know every chef will chuck in a different amount of oil and things like that so it's impossible to be 100% accurate in tracking so I would say not to really sweat the small things you know just like you don't need to absolutely measure to the absolute gram of each part of chicken say if you take some from the thigh and some from the breast there's no point like weighing out little bits of it I'd just say roughly tally it up um that's probably the easiest thing to do so that you're not you know your dinner's not going cold before you've had a chance to do all of the maths because that's not ideal <laughs> um so yeah definitely <clears throat> sorry hold on <coughs> sorry don't sweat the small things with tracking like I spoke to somebody recently about her um forgetting to track like the odd mouthful of like brownie but then like being meticulous with tracking exactly the number of like 76 grams of berries and I was like like don't sweat the berries <laughs> just remember to account for the the brownie and it is that this is the thing with tracking so like, like I just said like it's never going to be 100% accurate but it doesn't mean it's pointless to do it the main kind of reason behind tracking is going to be because it is giving you that added accountability and it is giving you um it's forcing you to be more mindful with your food and it's reducing the mindless eating that so many people do and actually there are studies and stuff that show that people people that are asked to recall the food that they've eaten um they eat less um just because you know I think it's just a case of it being in your conscious a little bit more um so yeah if you were to keep a food diary for example and like write down everything that you eat you'd probably still like be much more conscious of your food choices than if you were to not track at all so it's not necessarily the numbers that are helping you to stick with your goals or to eat in line with your goals um it is the the action of the tracking and accounting for it and writing it down and thinking about it and um yeah I guess just just um having it at the forefront of your mind and it is an action that does align with your goals so if you do that you know you track your breakfast first thing same with like weighing yourself as well like stepping on the scales each morning it might not serve a huge purpose unless you're kind of really tracking the trend but the purpose could just be that it, it kind of puts a goal in your mind for that day like my mission is weight loss and same with tracking like my mission is to eat in line with my calorie goals um so it's not necessarily the numbers that are beneficial it's just the action of doing it Okay, that's it for that question. Question two, recommended reps. I've always been trying to hit the top of the rep range you recommend, but is it just there for guidance or should I be really strict about getting to the maximum in that rep range? E.g., I've been doing 55 kilograms for 10 reps on hip thrusts, struggling to get to 12, but still feel like I could push, push more, so I did 60 kilograms for eight reps today. Uh, okay, good question. Um, what about 11? Why does everybody forget about the odd numbers? <laughs> Um, I definitely used to do this I de like and I, I think automatically everybody just thinks like I'm going to go for eight reps or 10 reps or 12 reps and actually like I probably don't help that situation because in your 
like prescribed rep ranges I always put the 8 to 10 or the 10 to 12 or the 12 to 15 and um I mean 15 is an odd number but yeah most of the time it is like a nice even or a round number multiple of five or multiple of two um but yeah don't be afraid to go for an odd number in between and actually I love it when I see people when I look at people's like um <clears throat> lifts and I see like on set one they did nine reps on set two they did eight reps on set three they did ten reps or something like that then I can see that they've pushed themselves on the nine on on the first set um second set they've like obviously been quite tired from the first set then the third set they've clearly like ramped up and they've really really tried to squeeze out those last ones um you know maybe in the first and second set you might keep a little bit in the tank and then the third set you really really go for it but I quite like seeing just not like um three sets of 10 like I just think that's a bit boring <laughs> no I don't mean boring that's dramatic but um I think I like to see um I think it shows me that you're pushing yourself if you are kind of squeezing out that extra rep, you know, say you've done 55 kilograms for 10 reps for two sets, then on your third set, go for 11 reps or go for, my suggestion here would actually be going for 57.5 kilograms um, and trying to stick with the same reps. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, you should be able to squeeze out an extra rep, I'm sure, if you really pushed yourself. Um, if it is a real struggle and you genuinely don't think you can push yourself in terms of doing more reps but you do think you can push yourself in terms of upping the weight slightly most gyms do have these little like biscuit plates i call them they're like 0 0.5 kilogram plates um or like ones or 1.25s and then if you just literally add a 1.25 either side that's an extra 2.5 kilograms overall so that's instead of 55 kilograms you'd be doing 57.5 kilograms which um yeah, you should be able to do more reps on that than you would on 60. So you did 60 for eight. You should be able to do, in theory, 57.5 for nine. So um, I'd say to go up in smaller increments with your weight, but then also don't be afraid of hitting an odd number on your reps. I know, like, the OCD in some of us might stop us from doing that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it, <coughs> sorry, to answer, hold on. <coughs> I'm very sorry. To answer the question, um, it is just to guide my rep ranges. Um, I would say to stick with them as much as possible, and there's no reason why you shouldn't, because like I said, you can just add small increments of weight. You can just do like, you know, even if like last week you did three sets of 55 kilograms for 10 reps, this week you might do um, 10 reps, 10 reps, 11 reps, for example, on the third set. And you're literally only improving by one rep. Um, so it should be possible to do that. I do think sometimes people might need to drop the rep range and uh, improve the weight uh, increase the weight sorry just to help with like enjoyment and stuff like that so if that is the case and you're kind of like oh i'm just a bit bored at this at this weight then you could drop the rep range but the rep range is there for a reason basically some exercises lend themselves better to being higher reps lower weight and some exercises lend themselves better to being higher weight lower reps um so i've obviously programmed it based on that so, um, yeah, I would say to stick with the rep range as much as possible. And then if you need to deviate from it slightly, then that's okay. It's no big deal. Anyway, question three. Tips on surviving Easter weekend when I love chocolate. I can relate to this. I can definitely relate to this one. Um, honestly, Easter used to stress me out a lot. I vividly remember, this sounds very strange that I remember this specific memory. Like there's lots of occasions where I had the mentality of let's just try and get rid of all the chocolate in the cupboards and I'd just eat so much chocolate in one day because I'd be like, I need to get rid of it so I can start my diet fresh on Monday, which is very silly and I'm going to tell you why in a minute. But um, I just remember really, really, really vividly um, being in Centre Park. So my family used to go to Centre Park sometimes over Easter, which is very nice. Um, 
And um, my mum had bought like a massive bag of those like, I don't know if you've seen them, they're like cream eggs, but they're hollow. So they're just like Cadbury eggs. And I remember eating so much that I felt really sick. And then I went outside with all the little squirrels in the garden in Centre Parks and just did like 100 burpees or something. So I was like, oh God, I feel so bad. I need to work off some of this chocolate. And it's just so silly. Please, please don't do that. Um, honestly, the main thing I can say is definitely don't feel guilty about eating any chocolate over Easter because it is Easter time and it is, you know, besides all the religious reasons that I will not be speaking about right now. Um, it is for enjoying chocolate, in my opinion. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would just say you want to avoid fluff it mode. You want to avoid the mentality of I must get rid of this as soon as possible so I can get back on track. So you want to avoid that. But the main thing to remember is just to um, remember that one Easter egg is not going to make you gain body fat. It's just not. It, it's impossible. And actually, I did like a reel on Instagram ages ago, um, probably three years, maybe two years or three years ago. But I will um, link to it, maybe. Um, I'll link in the comments. Um, but it's basically just me being like, this is how much chocolate you'd have to eat to actually gain a pound of body fat considering the fact that most people would say that 3,500 calories is one pound of fat. So you'd have to eat 3,500 calories worth of chocolate to gain one pound of fat. And for reference, it is about like one one large Easter egg, one medium Easter egg, including the little chocolates that come in it, a whole bag of like little Lindor eggs that was in this video, and maybe like another, another Easter egg. <laughs> I don't know, a small Easter egg. So yeah, you basically would probably have to eat about four Easter eggs to actually gain one pound of body fat. Um, it will cause the scale to spike up, as I've mentioned loads of times before, like the additional like carbs and, um, yeah, just the fact that you're kind of like, okay, just the change in the food in your body is going to make your weight spike up on the scales. And if you do eat a little bit more than you perhaps usually would overall, you know, you're consuming more energy than you normally would, um, you might just have a fuller stomach, you know, you probably will weigh more on the scales, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's body fat. So I think the biggest thing to remember is just that when you step on the scales and it has gone up, like that is not because you ate one Easter egg. Like it's just not. <laughs> um, yeah. If you were to eat like five Easter eggs, then maybe you'd gain a, a pound of body fat. But I would doubt that you'd have five Easter eggs in one go. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have put it past past me, <laughs> but, um, and I know it is possible, you know, I'm sure a lot of you are probably thinking, well, I love chocolate. I could easily inhale five Easter eggs on the bounce. Um, and you probably could, but I would just say you're going to enjoy it a whole, a whole of a lot more, a hell of a lot more if you do spread it out evenly. And like I said, that mentality of I need to get rid of it so that I can get back on track, like, just include Easter eggs as part of your track for as long as they last you. Like, and I would say to allow personally my experience of what has kind of helped with my approach to it all, I would say to allow more chocolate than you would usually have in a standard day, in a typical day, you know, perhaps for the week or two across Easter, you do allow slightly higher calories overall, or maybe not even slightly higher calories overall, but say usually you go for this 80-20 balance, 80% so nutritious foods, 20% sometimes foods, or like less nutritious foods, more calorie dense foods, um, or foods that you love basically. Um, if that's usually your kind of not rule, but typical routine of like 80-20, perhaps tip the scale a little bit and go for 70-30 or 60-40 instead of 80-20. So you're kind of opting for slightly less nutrient-dense foods and slightly more 
calorie dense foods and you know your calorie intake is the same as it normally is but it's just that balance is tipped slightly because it's okay to do that you know say we've got 52 weeks in the year that's correct isn't it I was just telling myself that. 52 weeks in the year you know perhaps you have two weeks at Christmas two weeks at Easter and two weeks for holidays some like holidays at some point throughout the year that's 52 subtract 6 is um <coughs> 46 <laughs> 46 weeks across the year where you your rule is 80 20 you know your balance is 80 20 and most of the time you're going for nutrient dense options but you're also having some foods that you love as well for those six weeks out of the year that i just suggested perhaps christmas easter birthdays holidays whatever um the balance tips a little bit and it's fine to do that like it is absolutely okay and like i said you've got to expect some scale um fluctuations um because just changing up your diet a little bit does cause that alone um <clears throat> but it doesn't mean you're gaining body fat and if you do choose to increase your calorie intake, like I just mentioned, so like have, you know, adjust your expectations and just think that you you might not lose weight in these couple of weeks if that is your goal. You know, if your goal is normally fat, fat loss, um, say your maintenance calories would be 2000, you're currently eating 1700, then perhaps you just come out of a deficit for that week and you eat at 2000 instead at 1700. So they are my kind of tips for managing Easter. So you can adjust your expectations and um, relax a little bit on your deficit and perhaps just not um not be clawing to be in a deficit as much as possible you know you don't I would advise probably against having a real big day on Easter day and then trying to claw it back over the rest of the week and eat and really low amounts of calories I would just say if if you do want to be like indulging a little more over this period then just adjust your expectations to be honest um if you don't want to adjust your expectations and you still want to keep making the same progress that you have done in the past no shame in that you know if you if you are on a mission and you're like no I've got a goal and I really want to achieve it then um just do what I suggested and perhaps allow a few more sometimes foods as I said a few more bits of chocolate than you would usually have or whatever it is that you're having, you know, often there's like family celebrations, you might be out for a few drinks or a meal or whatever, you know, um, if you do want to stick with your calorie goal, just first of all, accept that there will be fluctuations on the scale, but it doesn't necessarily um, correlate with body fat levels. So don't stress about that because stress only makes <laughs> makes things worse. Um, and definitely don't feel guilty. Like guilt is a wasted emotion, unless you've just killed your family or something. But sorry that's inappropriate um guilty is a waste of emotion around food it is just silly just don't feel guilty about it if you eat slightly more than you wanted to you know you only plan to eat half an easter egg and you accidentally ate the whole easter egg you know you've had an extra 200 300 calories than you'd planned in your day it's not a huge deal like yes it might tip you out your deficit for that day it but you know if you stick to your deficit the rest of the week it will probably balance out um so yeah my tip is just to not be too irrational or too extreme with one approach or the other just allow some chocolate um try to spread it out as much as possible I would say if you if you are finding yourself in that like get it out of the way mentality and you struggle to stop thinking about it so you know I definitely used to kind of just sit in my house and be like I know there's chocolate in the cupboard I know there's chocolate in the cupboard and I would just like not be able to stop thinking about it until I ate the chocolate and you know the only way I could stop myself from like eating it really was to eat so much that I felt really guilty and like you know so it's it's not a good mindset to have so I would say if you are having the unable to kind of stop thinking about the fact that you've got chocolate in your cupboard um 
think in your head like oh I want I want that chocolate in the cupboard and just kind of say to yourself like yeah you can have it later like have it in a minute um and do something to distract you in that moment like obviously you want to make sure that you have like eaten some decent food that day as well you know some nutrient dense foods make sure you are kind of staying on top of your protein and your um fruit and veg where you're able to like I'm not saying as I said before you can tip the balance to be more 60 40 more 70 30 than 80 20 but do still make a conscious effort to get I don't know say you normally get five five fruit and veg a day maybe at least set yourself a goal of getting at least three or something over this period um and trying to um still opt for high protein choices when you're able to and things like that um but yeah, try not to just eat because because you can't stop thinking about it. Like you want to eat it when you're craving it and when you really fancy it. And if that is the case and you are kind of satisfied, like you have eaten some nutrient-dense foods that day, you've had enough to drink, like you're not just doing it because you're tired, stressed, bored. Um, if you kind of catch yourself as as like wanting the chocolate that you know is in the cupboard, then I'd say put it off and be like, I'll I'll have it in a bit. And then like get distracted and stuck into something else, like safe in the knowledge that you are going to have that chocolate in a short amount of time. And then, you know, if you come back to it and you do want it again a little bit later on that day, then like have it. But if, you know, if you end up forgetting about it, then chances are you probably actually didn't want it. And you were just kind of thinking about it because it was there. Um, so, yeah, but if you do keep thinking about it, I would say to allow it and allow possibly more than you would usually allow. Um and then I think it gives you that like abundance mindset rather than that like limited or like restricted mindset. I think if you kind of say, all oh, right, I'm only going to have half a cream egg. Like that's ridiculous. Why would you ever do that? Um, I'm only going to have half an Easter egg, which I feel like is a that's kind of the amount that I used to allow myself that I thought was acceptable. I guess half an Easter egg is maybe like 250 calories or something, which is probably like a standard chocolate bar. Right. So I think I used to think like I'm allowed half but any more than that like it's not acceptable um because that's too much in one go that's like having a big but like bar or bag of chocolate and in my head I was like that's not acceptable you know you can't do that but actually it is acceptable like it's probably not the healthiest thing in the world your dentist would probably tell you off and it's um yeah I wouldn't recommend having like large bags or large boxes or large um bars of chocolate every day for the rest of your life or eating a whole easter egg every day for the rest of your life but you know what every so often it's not gonna hurt you so i think if you do do it if you do have a whole easter egg on one day just don't beat yourself up about it and just definitely don't restrict after definitely don't have the mindset of you need to pull back and um you know restrict calories the next few days and like you need to give all your chocolate away like i used to do that as well i'd be like to my brothers like oh have this easter egg it's just ridiculous like why um so yeah I would say to enjoy it make the best of it make the most of it enjoy a bit of extra chocolate and as I said like if you need to adjust expectations like just kind of think okay like I'm probably not gonna achieve any fat loss this week but I'm just gonna enjoy a bit of time with my family I'm going to practice being mindful I always feel like a bit of like a yogi type person when I say this but really do like practice bit trying to be like in tune with your like cravings and hunger cues and stuff so if you do like I said if you do find yourself really craving some chocolate be like well why why do I want that chocolate like is it because um just because I know it's there is it because I'm hungry is it because this that and just kind of try to be mindful with it and if you do decide to have it like enjoy it like make them like what's the word cherish every bite and you know don't just try and kind of scoff it and get it out of the way because you want it gone like I definitely used to just not actually enjoy it um 
because I'd kind of spend the time feeling guilty or almost just trying to eat it as quickly as possible. So it was kind of the damage was done and I couldn't go back on my decision, which is a bit strange. But, you know, we all have strange quirks with food. Um, but yeah, I think main takeaways, I know I've waffled on, but main takeaways are avoiding fluff it mode. You know, if you go over your calories by 500 calories one day, it's not going to be hugely detrimental to your progress. Like, Don't slip into that fluff it mode where you think, oh, the, the week is written off. I'm going to just start again next week. You don't need to do that. Um, adjust expectations if you need to make make some changes to uh, and when I say adjust expectations I mean adjust expectations of the results you're going to get um, but also adjust the expectations of um, how much you are going to kind of allow yourself um, and perhaps just allow a little bit more than you usually do in a typical day um, and yes, don't feel guilty. Don't be surprised if the scales do spike up. It's going to happen. Um, and yeah, just don't don't feel like the chocolate is going to disappear. I mean, unless you've got anyone in your house that will steal it from you. Billy wouldn't even dare steal it from me because he knows what would happen. Um, <laughs> unless you've got someone in your house that will literally eat it, in which case I'd say to hide it. <laughs> but you've got to also remember one other thing and then I will stop talking, is if you really, really want something and, you know, you are hoarding something in the cupboard or you're saving it, you know, there's something that you really want or for whatever reason it, it disappears, like, you can take yourself, you're an adult, you can take yourself to the shop and buy another one, you know? If you have a twirl Easter egg, I know it's not the same, actually, when you can't get Easter eggs because something about Easter eggs chocolate just hits different doesn't it i think it's i think it's because it's thin it's got a bigger surface area i think that is actually the rule and that's also why grated cheese tastes nicer than block blocks of cheese in my personal opinion but um yeah if you know it's very unlikely that the chocolate is going to disappear in the cupboards um unless you have a family member that's going to steal it and if you have then you can just go and get yourself some more like it's not i think i used to kind of think i need to eat it all because I don't know. I think I just wanted it gone so I could stop thinking about it. But you can have chocolate in your cupboards and not think about, not have it like consume every bit of your brain. So yeah, I'm going to stop talking now because I'm just going to keep repeating myself. Hopefully that helps. Um, yeah, I hope you all do have a nice Easter actually. Oh my gosh, actually the next episode, episode, the next Q&A will be on Monday, which is going to be Easter Monday. Um, so I may or may not push it back to Tuesday, but I haven't had many questions from you lot for the last few weeks, um, which um, I feel like I'm not helping, but hopefully it's that I'm helping enough outside of these Q&As that you don't feel like you need them. But if ever you do, I just want to mention as well, I have put, there's always been a question box in the pinned posts at the top of the Facebook page, but I have just changed like the picture on it and just put like post your questions here. So if any questions do kind of just tend like crop up throughout the week, like you do a workout say and you're like, hmm, I wonder if I should have done that. Like, or I just did some RDLs, like maybe, maybe I'm not doing them right because my legs are too straight. So maybe like you just kind of put a question in the, in the question post and just say like, can you please go over the form for RDLs or I don't know, whatever your question is, um, pop it in that box. Um, I'm just thinking that might be easier than it, it might just help you to have your questions answered instead of having to just remember when I put a post in the group on a Sunday night or a Monday morning saying, quick, help me with your questions. So um, yeah, that question post is there. Feel free to use it as much as you want to. Um, I may do the um, Q&A on Easter Monday next week. 
but I might be at my mum and dad's house, in which case I might do um, Tuesday, but hopefully that's okay with you guys. Um, but yeah, as always, any other kind of questions or anything, anything that's personal and you don't want to put on the group, do just message me, that's fine. Um, and yeah, hope you all have a nice rest of the week and I'll see you soon. If you would like to join the Fuel and Thrive Academy, head to my Instagram at fitfoodiefeed or at fitfoodiecoaching underscore and drop me a message or check the links in my bio. And if you're not on Instagram, you can head to Linktree. So that's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash fitfoodiefeed and foodie is with an I-E if you want to find out more.